Father, we thank you for tonight as you come before your word. We pray for understanding. We pray for illumination. We pray for guidance. We thank you that the spirit of the instructor is in the house to teach, to lead us into all truth. We thank you for answer prayers. Amen. How does much look like? Are you enjoying much? Is it any good? You are just three days into the month. This morning, I was checking the weather on the phone and I was just smiling. I just saw sun, 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 sun. So yeah, right. <laughs> it means, thank God, it's going to shine. Looking forward Amen. to that. Amen. So last week, we started a series on biblical meditation, just as you all alluded. But we focused on its discipline. We looked at the meaning of the word meditation from two Hebrew words, Hagar and Shuak. And when we sum these two Hebrew words, these are the four things we get out of meditation. It means listening to God's word, reflecting on God's work, rehearsing God's deeds, and ruminating on God's law. And if you do remember, last week I explained the, the concept of rumination. We went ahead to talk about the purpose of meditation too. And when you read Joshua chapter 1, it says observe to do. So the purpose of meditation is to Obey. Obey God's word. That's the purpose. And we then outline some differences between biblical and instant meditation. And you all mentioned the two differences correctly and ended off on preparations, how to prepare for meditation. Today, I want to look at the power of meditation, which will focus on its benefits, like I said last week. So we are going to look at our foundational text again. So go with me to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, and I read, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that they may observe, you may observe, I'm sorry, to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. So when we are meditating, it shows in our speech life. Since the word shall not depart from us. So when you see someone who is able to quote the scriptures, his worldview is biblical worldview. You, you, you know this is a guy that, that really meditates. Shows it comes from our mouth. The Bible says, out of the abundance of your hearts, you speak what comes out. So Meditation really shows the contents of your heart. So I want to know the contents of your heart. I just listen to your speech. You know. That's why sometimes even there are some people when they are caught like being racist. That's oh no, I didn't mean it. But in my heart of hearts, um I'm 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 you know I'm, I'm I, I believe in equal opportunities. But it's not true. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can't divorce what comes out of your mouth from the contents of your heart. It's not possible. Amen. So um, meditation, it, it makes the word of God the sword of the spirit in our mouth. And we realize that Jesus, a typical example, Matthew chapter 4. You see, Jesus used Deuteronomy chapters 6 and 8 to defeat the devil. Sword of the spirit. So the sword of the spirit is not this. The sword of the spirit is this Bible getting into your mouth. That's why it's called the sword of the spirit. So the sword of the spirit is not the Bible, not the physical Bible per se, 
but it's the words out of the Bible into your heart and then you speaking it with your mouth. Amen. Meditation will only become beneficial when it is consistent and we should never forget that. It says we should meditate in it day and night daily. So meditation is not something that you do periodically. It should be a daily activity. So plan it. Because well, until you make it consistent, everything that we will talk about today, it will become very far-fetched to you as when we look at the benefits. And when we are meditating, it affects our life. How do I know that? Because until your life becomes the Bible, you are not meditating enough. So, so you might ask, how, am I, how will I know I'm meditating? Well, are you practicing the scripture you are reading? That's how we know you are meditating. So, for example, you can read Mark chapter 11. And it says that, and when you stand to pray, forgive. Otherwise, your Father in heaven will not hear that prayer. So, you, you can just quote it. But you can also let your life embody it. That truly I have forgiven everybody. I have no grudge in my heart so that when I pray. But I, so, so how do you know that you have meditated? When the scriptures you have read have leapt off the pages of your, have left off the pages of the Bible and it has now become your life. You embody that truth. That's how we know you've meditated because the purpose of meditation is observing to do. Then the Bible says we will make our way prosperous and have good success. I explained prosper last week. Prosper in the Hebrew has four English meanings. One, to make progress. Two, to advance. Three, to succeed. Four, to be profitable. So when you meditate, there is profit in meditation. You become a profitable person. Amen. Now I want us to look at two scriptures in Psalms today. Excuse me, that will be the meat of our study because we are going to focus now on the power of meditation which has to do with benefits. So go with me to Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. That's the first Psalm we will look at. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Maybe there's a common scripture that many of you might probably know. And I read, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruits in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. So from this scripture, we can pay attention to some truths here. First and foremost, the man is blessed not because of associating with wrong company. God, that's not really brings blessing. You understand? You, you, people who have morality can do that. <laughs> you know, there are some people who are not Christians. They, are, they have high moral rectitude. They will never smoke, never drink, never curse, never hang out with the wrong crowd. But they are not blessed. So, so hanging with the wrong company is not really 
the source of the blessing. You understand? And of course, it's beneficial not to hang with wrong company. But I'm trying to say that what brings the blessing is not hanging with the wrong company. Because there are people who are morally upright who, who can do that. You understand? You know, But the source of the blessing is in verse 2. Because it starts verse 2 with but. Another word for but is zero out. So it zeroes out verse 1. So the person is blessed not because he hangs with the wrong company. He's blessed because his delight is in the word of God. And it shows by meditation. That's why he's blessed. So blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. And how do we know he delights in the law of the Lord? It shows by meditation. And because of that, the first benefit of meditation is that it will guard you from wrong company. And then the company is mentioned here. The ungodly, sinners, and the scornful. Making time to sit in silence and commune with God by meditating allows God the opportunity to counsel us on our friendships and company. So, we should make time. Like last week, if you do remember, we read Isaiah chapter 30. One of the reasons why Israel made a huge mistake in seeking counsel from Egypt was because they didn't meditate. And we read it in verse 15. In quietness and confidence shall be your rest, but you will not. So if they had done that in the first place, verse 1, they would have not gone to seek counsel from Egypt. So ladies and gentlemen, our friends we choose are very critical because one of the ways you receive counsel is through friends. If you meditate on God's word, you give God the opportunity to counsel you on the sort of relationships you hang around with. That is one step above a moral person. You know, a moral person cannot design spirits. A believer can because of the gift of the designing of spirits. So you are a niche above the moral person. The moral person may just look at externals. He's bad, I might not go there. But sometimes you don't need to see externals. You can design people's spirits. And, and that, that happens through meditation. You will not be susceptible to bad company. As I, as I talk of this story, I remember a guy who became crippled just because of wrong company. Great Christian, prayer warrior, you know. There, there are some people, I don't know, maybe you haven't noticed, there are some people when they pray, you are like, no, he should be part of the prayer team. So everybody prays, but there are some people when you see them praying, you're like, no, he should be part of the prayer team. He's praying everything, fell in wrong company was sleeping with someone's wife. The husband came, took a knife, said, I'm going to kill you today. And he was going to kill him. And the only way for him to escape was to jump. 
But unfortunately, he jumped from the fourth floor. And when he got down, he twisted his waist. It affected his spinal cord and he became crippled. Bad company. And at a point, he used to say, Sometimes I'm angry at God. Sometimes I'm angry at myself. Sometimes I want to kill myself as a wife living. And I, I always used to tell him, never kill yourself. You might never get healed. You might walk like this forever. But always remember, God loves you. Period. If you can ever get to the place where you can fortify yourself with the love of God, you'll be fine. Just keep on serving God. But that's what wrong company can do. You understand? So when you are not meditating, you become very susceptible to wrong company. And I, and I pray today that as we spend time meditating, may God help us to filter our company. Amen. You will not be moved by exterior, but design people. Design people. Now, people who meditate, they are able to design. They, they can design. And that comes from the spiritual gift of the designing of spirits. They are able to design. So that's one of the blessings. You will not hang around with the ungodly. You hang around with the sinner. You won't hang around with the scornful. Another word for scornful is the mocker. You know, sometimes there are some people when you see their friends, like they don't meditate. You have mockers as your friends. People who mock at spiritual things, people who mock at the church, people who mock at men of God, people who mock at reverent things that are not even funny. I mean, all of us like to joke, but sometimes you have to be able to draw the line. You can't be, you can't be mocking at everything. Uh, have some standard, have some boundaries. Everything, not everything that's funny. Everything should not evoke a laughter, a, a, a laughter emoji. You know, if you have mockers as your friends, Look, it means you don't meditate. That's a sure sign. I can't understand why you are a believer and then you surround yourself in a company of mockers. I don't have mockers as my friends. I don't. Seriously. I'll get rid of you as much as I can. Amen. Meditate and get rid of unprofitable company. So that's the first blessing we see. Whenever we spend time meditating on God's word, we are not susceptible to fall into the hands of wrong company. And sometimes the most annoying thing about wrong company is that they might even lead you to sin. They will survive and you will suffer the consequences. It's nothing more annoying than that. All of you will go and drink and it's your first time drinking and you will have an accident and they will survive. That's nothing so annoying. And then they will come and report. Oh, he's had an accident. But they all drank, right? See, he never had the accident. Now, so there is no profitability in hanging with wrong company. So today I pray that as we meditate, may we give God the opportunity to cancel us on friends and company we hang around with. Ungodly, the sinner, the mocker. Amen. Now, when you read verse 3, there are four additional powerful blessings there. It says, You are a planted tree 
by the rivers of water. You will have a certain sense of stability and permanence when you meditate. That's guaranteed. Too many Christians are halting between opinions. Too many Christians are not stable. Too many Christians are not very convinced. And if there is ever a time where you and I have to be convinced, we have to be convicted in our beliefs and in our faith, I think it's now. Like I preached on last week's Sunday, Apostle Paul's closing remarks to the Corinth church after he had talked to them on their resurrection. Be steadfast. Be immovable. You see, when you are steadfast and immovable, then you can abound in the things of God. You can't come to a place of productivity if there is no sense of stability and permanence. And there are too many people who shake because they don't meditate. When you meditate, it will, sh- it will affect your posture. And your posture will not be a shaky one. It will be of stability. It will be of stamina. It will be of permanence. So that's the second thing. You have a certain sense of permanence. You are planted. The third blessing we see here is that you will bring forth fruit in your season. You, see, you can't bring forth in, you can't bring forth fruit if you are not permanent. You can't bring forth fruit if you are not permanent. And a person who meditates, show me a person who meditates on the word of God. I'll show you his fruits. You can't spend time meditating on God's word and you will not experience fruit in your life. Any Christian who practices the virtue of meditation is productive. Scripture doesn't lie. You will bring forth fruit in your season. Your leaf shall not wither. You will be evergreen. You will be evergreen. You will not experience decay or diminishing returns. You, you will be evergreen. You will always be green. You will always be fresh. One of the scriptures I like in Psalm 92, the Bible says that the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Oh, there is a palm tree anointing. When you, that, that you, you flourish in every weather. Be, 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 be instant in season and out of season. There is freshness. You are evergreen. You don't experience signs of decay. Because when you take the word of God and when you meditate on it, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, the word of God is life to your flesh. It's, it's medicine. It's medicine to you. Anytime you take the word of God and you meditate, it's like you are renewing yourself. You are renewing your freshness. You are becoming evergreen. And you will not have signs of decay. Sometimes Christians can sometimes come to a place of stunted growth, decaying, rottenness, because they are not meditating. They are not meditating. And when you meditate, it will show in your evergreenness. I pray that may we be fresh at all times. May we always be fresh. May that scripture that David said, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. May we experience that. May we be like the palm tree. When we are like the palm tree, we are always evergreen. The fifth thing that we see is that whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever. A typical example is Isaac. When you read... um, 
Genesis chapter 26. It talks to us about Isaac sold in the land of Gera in the year of famine and he reaped a hundredfold. Is it any surprise that when we looked at meditation in the Old Testament, Isaac was the first person? We read it, Genesis chapter 24, Isaac went into the open fields to meditate. You see, it affected his productivity. And I don't believe that what Isaac did in chapter 24 was just a happenstance. I believe it was a daily thing he did. And I believe it was something he learned because his father taught him that this is how you commune with my God who has led us from the land of the heir of the Chaldees into where we are. Isaac meditated. Genesis 24 and then chapter 26 the Bible says when he sowed in the land of Gera in the year of famine that same year he reaped a hundredfold. You know, there are some people, their success is situational. They can only prosper when a Republican is in power or when a Democrat is in power. <laughs> you know, but when you meditate on the word of God, you, you come to the place of non-situational prosperity. It doesn't matter which party is on, I will still prosper. Because the Bible says that when I meditate, I will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water who will bring forth fruit in this season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You can't touch a man of God who meditates. You can't touch a man of God that meditates. Whatever that person does will prosper, irrespective of the location irrespective of the season. It doesn't matter the season. It can be a season of pandemics where people are losing jobs. That person will prosper. It can be a season where economists will say it is a non-favorable season. That person will prosper. It may be a season that the party of your day might not be in power. That person will prosper. It doesn't matter. The odds can never be against a person that decides to take the word of God and make time to sit with God and commune on a daily basis. That person will prosper. So today I pray that as we meditate, may we come to that sense and that level of prosperity this year. It doesn't matter what the financial aspects have said. It doesn't matter what is forecasted ahead because of what we are experiencing. Once you decide to meditate on God's word, hey, you will prosper. And we've looked at that word prosperity. The word prosper means you will make progress, you will advance, you will succeed, you will be profitable. Amen. So now, let's look at our second scripture in Psalm 119, verse 97. To 104. Psalm 119, verse 97 to 104. I read, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients. 
Another word for Asians here is the aged or the elderly. Because I keep your precepts, I have restrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Amen. So, when you look in this scripture, six expressions are used for the word here. I want you to take note. Law, commandments, testimonies, precepts, word, judgments. So, all this is indicative of the word of God. Law, commandments, testimonies, precepts, word and judgments so when you read this um, um, verses this seven verses that we live anywhere you see those words it means the word of god amen so from this scripture we can see another set of powerful benefits which i want us to talk about meditation makes us wiser meditation makes us wiser Verse 98, David says that he loves the law because it is his meditation all the day and through the commandments, which is the Bible, the word of God, he has become wiser than his enemies. So in David's case, meditation made him wiser than his enemies. If you want to understand this particular phrase, read the whole book of 2 Samuel. Read the whole book of 2 Samuel. Second Samuel is very scandalous. Second Samuel is very messy. In fact, Second Samuel, you will see that David had real flaws. Real flaws. But he was never given in to the snare of the father. He was never given in to his enemies. His house was not perfect. There was incest in his house. Half siblings involved in a rape. That happened. Amnon and Tamar. You know, there was murder in his house. Step siblings killing. Murder in his house. Two of his sons wanted to overthrow him. Adonijah and Absalom. His assistant was against him, Joab. His chief counselor in Ahitophel was against him. In fact, when David, you know, I, I don't know, but David didn't evoke too much reaction. There were only two people that turned against him that really pained him. If you read Second Samuel, and that was Joab and Ahitophel. You know, when Joab was against him, he cursed Joab. That's in your house. May there never be a leper, a halt, a witness, someone on a stick. You know, he cursed Joab. Said, may, may these people, may they never ever lack from your house. You know, and the other person he cursed was Ahitophel. That really paid him. Because when, when Ahitophel turned against him, he just said, Oh Lord, make the counsel of Ahitophel a foolish counsel. Like, I'm dead. David experienced a lot of betrayals. And when you have someone like Ahitophel who turns against you, you are toast. 
Because the Bible even doesn't compare him to a human being. I hope you are aware of that. Ahitophel is compared to God. The Bible says that when he gives counsel, it is like God himself has spoken. Ahitophel. That's David's trusted guy. And David wrote about him in one of the Psalms. My sweet friend in whom I took counsel, he has lifted up his heel against me. David had enemies. I mean, when David became a king in 2 Samuel, you would think he would have had peace. He never had peace. Never had peace. He had enemies all around. But when you read 1 Kings chapter 2, this same David, he died in a good old age. Nobody could harm him. Do you know what it takes for two of your sons to say, I'm going to overthrow you publicly? But he died a good old age. He had wisdom. David was a strong man. Commentator said he fought 66 battles. He never lost one. But I believe the reason why David never lost the battle was not because of strength. It was because of wisdom. He said it. Because I meditate on your law, you have made me wiser than all my enemies, all my conspirators. You know, so when I read 2 Samuel, I'm like, I marvel at how did David survive? That's, that's, that's all that marvel. That's all that I marvel. You have people like Shemer, useless people. They are even cursing you to your face. Look, but he survived all these things. Survived. If we should meet David, I think he can teach us a lot about betrayal in ministry. Because David experienced the height of betrayal. Do you know what it takes for your son to publicly disgrace you by sleeping with all your wives and your concubines? That's Absalom. And the Bible says he was handsome. Not even handsome, beautiful. He's the only man in the Bible I've seen the word beautiful used for him. <laughs> I'm sure it was a sex symbol. That's, that's, that's it. But David had enemies. He had real enemies. Real enemies. That's why when you read some of the Psalms, some of his prayers were in desperation. He had real enemies. But David lived a good old age. <laughs> and when he was dying, he told his son Solomon, show thyself a man. Show thyself a man. Because he was going to give him instructions. Kill all of them. Kill Adonijah. Kill Joab. Kill Shemeh. He, he told him. He told him on his deathbed. Kill all these people. If you don't kill all these people, you will not have peace. David told, David told his son, kill your, kill your brother. Don't kill him. You won't have peace. <laughs> he rather lived a good old age because he was wiser than his enemies. So meditation makes us wiser. In David's case, it made him wiser than his enemies. But one of the sources of godly and spiritual wisdom is to meditate on God's word. The second, the second thing that you see here is from verses 99 to 100. Meditation brings understanding. Even when you read the last verse in 104, it also talks a bit about understanding. So meditation brings understanding. In David's case, he had more understanding than his teachers and the aged. That's the Asians. And in this case, you know, there was something called the gate of the city. The gate of the city, you had elders who were well-versed in matters of the land. You know, they sit there to take counsel concerning 
matters of the land and and they even were involved in judicial matters and david is saying that i'm wiser than all these people because of the word of god thank god for university thank god for um, higher education but let me tell you something if you were not privileged to have higher education never ever beat yourself never ever beat yourself i mean if you have the opportunity to go to school do it but if you never if you genuinely never had the opportunity and looking at yourself you can't really go to school don't beat yourself and don't use that as an excuse to say oh i'm not educated no and i'm not look you have the word of god the word of god can make you wise the word of god can make you wise it can make you wise to the point that you become an enigma people will look at you and they will be wondering how old are you is he a child or is he an old person that's the word of god when you meditate on the word of god you will have understanding you have depth of understanding you are not easily given into false false information you know sometimes you see on whatsapp some of these things they just forward it to you and you read it doesn't even make sense type amen and in the next 24 hours you will receive a breakthrough if you really have understanding are you really going to do this yeah we have to have understanding this pandemic it has really revealed to me the depth of the understanding of people this pandemic realize that people don't have understanding in issues they have understanding in life six feet you are hugging people wear your nose mask you've wore it here and you've, you have left your nose you know no understanding lack of understanding vaccine we are making all sorts of conspiracy theories in 2021 you still want to believe in conspiracy theories lack of understanding but when we meditate on the word of god the word of god can make us wise and gives us understanding i don't think school gives you understanding school gives you information no it doesn't give you understanding it gives you information it gives you information and then it's up to you to convert all the information you have received to your advantage and that's where the word of god comes in when you when you meditate on the word of god all the information overload you have god will give you the ability to convert it into understanding and use that information to your advantage never ever limit yourself because you have the word of god that can give you more than information it gives you understanding amen now when you read verses 101 to no, verses 101 and 104 meditation brings direction because in 101 and 104 pay particular attention to these words evil way false way meditation brings direction you will not tread on evil or false ways you are protected from deception you are protected from evil you will not tread on evil ways and you are also protected from deception you will not tread on false ways when you see a christian who is susceptible to deception it shows he doesn't meditate on god's word it really shows it really shows so when we meditate on god's word god's word gives us direction 
That's the power of meditation. That's why you have to take this sacred habit very serious. You receive direction. You know where to go and where not to go. You receive direction. And I pray that as we are in these days, may the Lord give us direction. Places to go, places not to go. Because we meditate on God. Our mind is stayed on Him. And because of our mind is stayed on Him, He gives us direction. God wants to be a blessing to us. I, I, I told you, the meaning of the word prosper also means to be profitable. And out of the word profitable, you get the word profit. There is profit in meditation. Meditation will give you direction. So many people are being deceived today. And sometimes it might be they are not making room in their time for meditation. When you read verse 102, you see the fourth thing there. Meditation fosters communion with God. And David said it. Because I keep your precepts, I have restrained my feet from every evil, that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. Meditation fosters communion with God. You know what I say meditation is? Meditation is the God of the word. He gives you a God word from the word of God. That's meditation. It's the God of the word. The God of the word. The author of this Bible. He gives you a God word from the word of God. That's meditation. It is the avenue where the God of the word gives you a God word from the word of God. That's meditation. And David experienced that. He experienced teaching. So meditation is an avenue where you experience the teaching of God's word. It fosters communion. If you, if you want to be able to understand the Bible and be able to maybe one day explain it to your friend, your neighbor, apartment guy, whatever, work colleague, meditate on the word of God. You will receive instructions. The, the spirit of the instructor will become real to you when you spend time meditating. There is something powerful about meditation. When everything is switched off, you are in a secluded place by yourself, maybe for 10 to 15 minutes, and you just decide, let me just take a verse of scripture and then just think about it. There's something powerful about it. You receive instruction and it fosters communion between you and God. And the last thing that I see here is that meditation enriches your, your, enriches your life. You experience the enrichment of the word in your life. David says that how I love the word, it is sweeter than honey. The word creates more delight in you. You experience the enrichment of God's word in your life. Well, honey, honey is very enriching. You know, it's said that when you take honey daily, honey can cure 99% of diseases in your body. That's what it says. 99%. That's why, that's why they recommend honey for everything. It's an enrichment. It's an enrichment for life. The word of God is that way. 
the word of God is an enrichment. Feed on the word of God. Sometimes when I pray for people and when they are healed, I always tell them, if you want to sustain your healing, feed on the word. Feed on the word. And I open to Proverbs chapter 4. For the word is life to my flesh. It's healing. It's medicine to me. Feed on the word. And the more you meditate, the more you create the desire, the appetite, and the delight for the word of God. Amen. Internet problems. The message is recorded, so I'll send it. Or, amen. So meditation enriches the word in our lives and creates more delight. So the more we love the word. Are we all on? Can you all hear me? All right. Please give me a thumbs up if you can't hear me. Because I froze again. Okay. So meditation enriches the word in our lives and creates more delight. The more you meditate on the word of God, the more you will have a desire, you have an appetite for the word of God. Amen. So from today's study, we have looked at 10 powerful benefits of meditation. So for the sake of emphasis, let me run through them again. Number one, meditation protects us from wrong association. Number two, we are a planted tree by the rivers of water. Number three, we will bear forth fruit. Number four, our leaves shall not wither. It speaks of us being evergreen. We will never come to a place of decay or diminishing returns. Number five, whatever we do shall prosper. Now, if you are meditating on God's word, believe God for prosperity this season. Believe God for prosperity this season. Because the Bible says that when you meditate, you will prosper in whatever you do. It doesn't matter the sort of job. You know, sometimes it's true. When you want prosperity, you might have to change your job, look for another job with better prospects and everything. That's true. But sometimes, wherever God places you, you will prosper because you meditate. And in this season, believe God for prosperity. It's it's very hard to believe God for prosperity in this particular season and this current context. But believe God for prosperity because your mind is stayed on him because you meditate on his word, we will be wiser. In David's case, he was wiser than his enemies. I pray that may we all have supernatural wisdom. May we have supernatural insights. May we be blessed with all wisdom that we need. Number seven, meditation brings understanding. Excuse me. Some some of the smartest people I've known they don't have a college degree. They just had the word of God. Smith Wigglesworth is a typical example. Smith Wigglesworth, he, he only learned how to read in his 30s. Can you believe it? From age 1 to his 30s, I think about 36 if I'm right. That's when Smith Wigglesworth learned how to read. And he only learned how to read because of his wife. His wife taught him how to read. His wife taught him how to read. 
and the first book he started to read was the Bible. You should go and read Smith Wigglesworth's books. Or even check some of the things he wrote on, you know, there are many uh, chronicles of Smith Wigglesworth. Check what he did. No education. But he is one of the people that brought a worldwide revival of Christianity. And we are thankful to him. No education. Never ever doubt yourself. Never put limits on yourself because you don't have a certificate. And we'll advise you, go for it. It's good. But hey, if you don't have it, I invite you to the B-I-B-L-E. The source of wisdom, the source of understanding. Amen. Meditation brings direction, number eight. Number nine, meditation fosters communion with God. Number 10, the word is enriched in our lives and creates more delight. Amen. A scripture just popped into my head. Should we we have one more benefit of meditation? Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. Whoever opened it should read it for me. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3. Anybody can read it for me, please. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Amen. So, bonus number 11. I just plan to give you 10. This is bonus. Meditation brings perfect peace. Oh, Lord, how peace is a precious commodity today. How peace is a precious commodity Sometimes when you just listen to 30 minutes of news, your peace is gone. It's just, it will just fizzle out. You need peace. But you can get peace when your mind is stayed on God. You can ask my wife, uh, I, look, worry. I don't have time to worry. I don't. When I sleep, I sleep. Because there is something called perfect peace. I, I, look, it's, it's, it's work for me to worry. It's work. I will prefer to meditate on God's word and have perfect peace. That's it. Come to a place where you will experience the peace of God. And you know the peace of God, when you experience the peace of God, it gas your heart, it gas your mind. Two vital places. It gas your heart, it gas your mind. So, Peace can be accessed through prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. Do not be anxious in everything, but in prayer, with supplication, with thanksgiving, we make your request known to God. But another way you can also access peace is through meditation. He will give you perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Amen. So based on this biblical truth, I trust we will stick to the discipline of biblical meditation so that we can experience this power. And like I said, power is harnessed from consistency. If you want to experience these 11 benefits, meditation has to be a very consistent fixture in your life. Set a time and a day according to your schedule and just do it. By the grace of God, you have been taught and you have knowledge of this. You know the funny thing? I never thought that I was going to touch on meditation this year. 
I only touched on meditation because one of you told me to teach it. And now you have information. You have knowledge by the grace of God. I pray that you will take time to practice these truths and recreate the ancient, sacred, biblical practice of biblical contemplation and silence. God bless you. The floor is now open for questions and contributions. Amen. I'm done. Can you explain to me again about who is beautiful in the Bible or handsome? Absalom. David's son. He was described as beautiful. Yes. No question? Can you just zip through the 10 real quick? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Who got all the 10? Nobody? Did someone get all the 10? No. No? All right. Number one, protects us from wrong association. Number two, we are planted tree by the rivers of water. Number three, we will bear forth fruits. Number four, our leaves shall not wither. Number five, whatever we do shall prosper. Number six, we will be wiser. Number seven, brings understanding. Number eight, brings direction. Number nine, fosters communion with God. Number 10, the word is enriched in our lives and creates more delight. And number 11, perfect peace. And now we have Do we all have it? Thumbs up. Do we all have it? Not really, no, but we're going to put the video up, right? Yeah, the audio will be up. Okay, I'm going to take care from there, okay? All right, good. Okay. All right. What is the difference between two and three? We are planted tree by the rivers of water. Talks about permanence, consistency. We are what is it consistency? Yeah, uh, we are permanent. Okay, we are not yeah, okay. I was combining them. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Can we just end with a prayer? I want us to pray that Lord, create in me a hunger and a desire for Your Word. Create in me a hunger and a desire for Your Word. Create in me a hunger. And a desire for your word. Now, when God creates in you a hunger and a desire for your word, you will do everything associated with that reading, studying, meditation, and practicing the word of God. So, just pray. Place your hands on your heart this morning and tell Lord, this evening, I'm sorry. Place your hands on your heart and say, Lord, create a hunger and a desire that I will love your word.
Let's begin to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we come against destination disease. We want to hunger more for your word. Delight more in your word. Have a thirst for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Give us a supernatural appetite for your word. It's not natural, Lord. It's supernatural. Give it to us, O Lord. From now on, may we have the urge to read our Bible. May we have the urge to study. Have the urge to pray. May we have the urge to meditate. And Father, above all, everything that we have experienced today, we are going to practice it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Give you praise. Give you praise. Father, thank you for what you have taught us in this past two sessions on meditation. We trust that we will be runners of this truth. Enlarge our hearts, O Lord, that we will truly run this course of the commandments. We will keep this commandment. We will do it. And every blessing and benefit that has been mentioned in accordance with meditation, may we experience all these things, may become real, may become practical in our lives. I pray that may we be protected from every wrong association. May we truly become planted trees by the rivers of water. May we bear forth fruits in our season. May our leaves never wither. May we experience freshness. May we experience vitality. May we always be evergreen. I pray that may we prosper in whatever we do. And may we experience wisdom, O Lord, supernatural wisdom. May we have understanding than the Asians. May we have understanding than our teachers. I pray that may we experience direction, O Lord. Thank you that we will never tread on every false way and we will never tread on every evil way because we have meditated on your word. The status of your word will bring us direction. I pray that may meditation foster us into a deeper revelation, deeper communion with you. May we have a deeper knowing of you, Lord. Father, by the end of this year, may our knowledge of you increase. May our knowledge of you broaden, O oh Lord. May we have an experiential knowledge of you as a result of the revelation knowledge of your word. And Father, I pray that may the word become enriched in our lives like honey and may it create in us more delight. We bless your holy name, O oh Lord. We thank you for perfect peace, O oh Lord, as we painstakingly make time and ask you to meditate on your precepts and your statutes. We give you praise for all that you've done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Please, God willing, Saturday, we are praying March 6, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. on this platform. God bless you. i see you on Saturday. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you, you too.